Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kara Secker, and today we are going to dive into a very, very um, exciting topic today. We are going to be talking about waiting out with Kirsty. Hey, Kirsty, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very, very well. Really looking forward to speaking to you today. You too, Carrie. I'm really looking forward to sharing my story. Yeah, and just wanted to announce and put it out there. It's your first time ever doing a podcast. You're popping your podcast, Carrie. <laughs> so I'm so excited for that as well. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I've followed you on Instagram for the longest time. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Amazing, amazing. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you because waiting it out is something that I'm really passionate about. I'm definitely doing it myself. In some, like, I'm still making small changes, but I'm definitely not sleep training. So I guess I've got lots and lots of questions for you, Kirsty. But I guess let's just have a chat about what waiting it out is. What does that mean for you, Kirsty? So for me, it means not sleep training. And it's such a controversial topic, I feel, because everybody is always asking, you know, how is your baby sleeping and things like that. And for me, from the beginning, I never wanted. um, So my older son, um, Johnson, he's three now. And um, we waited out completely with him and he's sleeping through the night. And, um, you know, for him waiting it out I just didn't want him to cry I didn't want him to ever feel alone I didn't want him to ever feel like I wasn't responding to him and um, I feel like my whole parenting style is responding to his emotions and if I'm responding to his emotions in the daytime and his feelings in the daytime why would I not be doing that at nighttime as well so just you know, every time he's calling for help or if he couldn't get himself back to sleep, I would always go back and always go for him as long as that, as long as, as many times as that would take. Yeah. It just, it felt really natural for me. And um, whenever I, you know, in the depths of that first, you know, four month progression, as I guess you call it, is um, I was like why is my baby not sleeping? Why is he, you know, up every 45 minutes? What is wrong? And, you know, down that google rabbit hole and you know oh buy this program and buy that program and like you know if you just let your baby cry for eight minutes then he'll fall asleep and all that sort of thing and it felt so unnatural to me Mm -hmm. I just felt like I always needed to respond to him and um not responding to him felt really not that's not how I wanted to to parent so I just decided to pick him up every time he cried (laughs) Yeah, I feel exactly to me that is, I think that's a great summary there, Kirsty. For me, waiting out is not sleep training. I'm 
always very honest where I stand with on my approach with anything but especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sleep training I'm not anti or against it um, I'm not going to recommend it to parents or suggest doing it um, and I'm going to share what you know the realistic side of what that is what sleep training yes. is going to involve and the truth about sleep training that it's often touted around as this one size fits all technique that works with every child it's guaranteed to work spoiler alert it doesn't it doesn't work yeah. and I feel so, like you know after having a second child now that's all you know hindsight is a great thing but um my first son it's all about their temperament isn't it he just mm-hmm. doesn't just you know as soon as he got that cuddle he was back in back asleep and with my second son he needs a bit more space so he doesn't need all those cuddles and he doesn't need you know picked up all the time he just needs a couple minutes to you know grumble in his bed and he just rolls back over there's no tears or anything but he just goes "Mm," and then like rolls back over and goes back to sleep and I'm in disbelief yeah (laughs) because I'm like are you sure you don't need a cuddle like I need a cuddle do you need yeah like he's totally (laughs) fine and he just goes back to sleep on his own but with my first son it was completely different so I just felt like responding to his individual you know characteristics and just allowing you know that mum or dad you know connection in night time totally fine and even now you know even last night he got up and he just needs a little cuddle and then he goes back to sleep and he's totally fine so yeah I feel it's I would be exactly the same like if Betsy needs me I'm going to be there every single time and go to them always give her that space to do it if she's crying always believe never manipulation there's always a reason there so coming back to the sleep training always honest that that is an approach that some families do choose and if it if you are the expert of your family if you genuinely believe that is going to work for you it resonates it makes sense back on with it there's nothing wrong with doing that on the other hand there is wait it out which is where you where it's actually it says what it does on the tin that we don't actively make any changes we don't see trend we wait until the sleep comes and I'm always really honest when it comes to infant sleep and always shouting that that even if you never ever make a single uh, any changes now even if you never sleep train even if you never put a single sleep tip in place you never mm-hmm. change anything now your small will eventually sleep independently in their own bed not need you to fall asleep and more sleep through the night we don't know when the hardest part of waiting out, and I'm sure we'll dig into this because it's a question I want to ask you. The hardest bit about waiting out is not knowing when that is going to happen. <laughs> and yes. and that, that, if I said to you, right, this is going to happen by, you know, three years, four years, five years, however long we put a time limit on it, have that time limit, it, it still doesn't make it any less tiring. But you know yes. it's got an expiry date which you can work towards and it, it just feels a bit more manageable. It's the not knowing when it's gonna happen. Did you find that with um with your three year old Kirsty? Yes, I did completely. And it was in you know, the daytimes always seem fine. It's just at four AM after you've been awake for three hours and you're like how can I do this for one more night? Like I have to get up and I have to, you know, do things during the day. How am I supposed to survive on absolutely no sleep? But you do find that um, as they get older, 
they stop waiting waking as much so it's not constant it's not every two hours you know it starts being you're getting like little longer chunks every so often and that's kind of what made me keep going is because I was like this is working and like we're fine and we're responding and this is absolutely going to be all right because um yeah I think you know if someone did tell me on day one um I actually remember a friend of mine telling me I messaged her and I was like, when is he going to sleep? When he was about four months old. And she's like, oh, my daughter slept when she was 10 months old. She slept through the night when she was 10 months old. And at four months, I was like, I cannot wait another six months. Like, that's crazy. I cannot wait another six months to have a full night's sleep. But you just kind of get used to it. And then he, you know, finally, for me, you know, gave me longer chunks and longer chunks. And then had a sporadic night of sleeping through the night when he was about one and a half and then um started reliably sleeping through the night the day he turned two actually it was bang on his second birthday and he just started sleeping through the night but um I felt like a lot of it um people would tell me things like you know when he starts eating solids he'll start sleeping for longer chunks or like when he starts going to nursery he'll start sleeping for longer chunks and that just wasn't the case for us those things didn't happen um but you know on his own he did manage to just start giving us longer chunks but I don't know you know what at what point that was it just kind of started happening naturally for naturally for us so yeah it is hard to um to look at that long the long you know journey of it um when it when you're so tortured by sleep deprivation you know day by day but it does get easier and it does get you know do start getting longer chunks of sleep yeah waiting out definitely works if it unless there was a an underlying medical reason why sleep couldn't be settled and that wouldn't come which mm-hmm. happens but um, is incredibly rare 100 percent of babies will sleep through but and toddlers, I shouldn't say baby. That's why I used to work small. Yeah. Um, because I genuinely don't believe that sleeping through the night happens at a set age. And there's a lot of talk out there, Kirsty, isn't there? That it happens at six months, at twelve months, eight months. And I think there's a tip. I haven't quite got there yet. I think there's a tipping point that around seventeen, eighteen months. That if your baby ha- or uh, they're a toddler at that stage, small isn't sleeping through at that stage. I think that's when a lot of parents, they've been sleep deprived for a long time. It's hard. And I think there's so much societal pressure at that stage. Did you feel that around the 17, 18, uh, 18 month mark with your three year old? Yeah. Do you know what's so funny is that you get, you know, when your baby is born, we got a few packets of them, but those packets of cards that say like, today I'm one week old and today I got my first tooth and today I waved and there was a card in one of um, our packets that said, today I slept through the night. And I was like, well, we're never going to use that card. Like that's never going to be something that I'm going to, a milestone that I'm going to have. Um, but yeah, about about 18 months, it did get very tricky after, you know, we still couldn't, you know, say that our son was sleeping through the night. And some people would say, um, you know, oh, is he a good sleeper? And I'd have to be like, oh no, like he's still up a couple of times in the night. And yeah, there's definitely like a lot of like societal pressure to be like, why is your toddler you know you're small not sleeping through the night and you know there's no reason for it at this point but it would like I breastfed 
him until he was two and a half. So he was still having milk through the night. And I just felt like I, like at some point kind of just didn't really care. And I also um, started just surrounding myself with people that, you know, didn't really ask me questions about that or were doing the same thing. Um, and I think a lot of it is from Instagram and social media as well. It's like, oh, you know, my baby was sitting through the night at six weeks or whatever. And I just unfollow all those pages. Like, even if it's just like a, you know, a mom account that I like, or even like a fitness account or anything like that. If anyone's talking about their baby sleeping through the night, I'm just like, I just don't do that. Like, I, that's not helpful for me because that's not happening in my house. So I just kind of, I don't know, swept over that and just only kind of surround myself with people with similar, you know, outlooks that I have on sleep. That does does make sense. And they're all so, this is, I've been working with children for a long time and it blows my mind how they're all so different. Even your experience, Kirsty, with your two siblings, how different Mm -hmm. sleep-wise and temperament they are, but also how some, I believe, sleeping through the night is something you can't teach or force them to do that until they are emotionally, developmentally, physically ready to sleep through the night. And that could, and there's many factors in that as well. Like most things, it's very, very nuanced and many layers to it. And some little ones are capable of doing it quite early. Mm -hmm. Some, it, it is much later. And I think about embracing that spectrum that we're all just so different and I love what you said earlier Kirsty. I'm gonna get that in there as adults <laughs> you say it because it was such a brilliant phrase <laughs> well I just said you know nobody asks you in the morning as an adult like oh how many times did you wake last night nobody ever <laughs> says that nobody ever says you know how many times were you up you know did you wake up in the night last night nobody ever says that but you know as soon as you have a baby you know my younger son was literally days old and a neighbor said to me oh how's he sleeping is he up in the night and I'm like almost want to turn around and be like well how many times were you up last night you know like it doesn't matter it's just he's just so little like yeah it's not it's not uh you know representation of anything a baby they're just they're up you know they're hungry they're you know it's dark and it's cold and of course they need a cuddle yeah I don't know why but it's really tickled me like I've just imagined loads of people it's just not like water cooler or coffee morning chat is it like we just don't (laughs) so how many times were you up last night like we just it's so bizarre it's so bizarre and what really and I I didn't really get this until I was a parent just how interested people are in what's going in your bed what's going on in your bed with everything they're obsessed yeah completely and I just feel like every you know every single house is different like you can't even you know asking a friend like who I know doesn't sleep train and I would say you know like oh like you know how is everything at your house and their house is a completely different house to my house and they do things completely differently to to how I do them and we're doing things you know the same way and everything is just so different it's just like yeah, everyone just yeah. does their own thing. It's very bizarre, though. That, it yeah. is very bizarre, very bizarre. And really personal questions that you wouldn't even yeah. ask friend. Like, it's just, yeah, nobody's business what is going on in your bed apart from Absolutely. your family. Absolutely. 
I completely agree. <laughs> I think we mentioned it before when you were introducing um, yourself and your family, but why wait it out for you? So I just couldn't handle the thought of my, of either of my kids, actually, um, just feeling alone. And for me, it worked for my family. I know for some families it doesn't work, but it does for ours. And so we kind of have an agreement in my house where I do the nights and my husband does the mornings. So I will always get, you know, at least a couple of hours sleep in the morning. And regardless of how our night went and waking out just kind of felt right for us. It was just, I did try when uh, my older son was much younger because I was like, surely, like, he's going to sleep. Like, if I just, you know, you know, the world tells you if you just let him cry for three nights in a row, then he'll sleep. And I'm like, I've heard that so many times. And mm-hmm. I've just been like, that's not right for my family. I just feel like I couldn't handle letting him cry and also I'm pretty sure that even if I did let him cry for three nights he still wouldn't sleep you know so it was just not it just wasn't for us I don't know it was just not something I'm really trying to um you know use that phrase but like gentle parent my kid Mm -hmm. just like respond to them and um try you know let them have their own feelings and emotions and um, one of those was just you know responding to his sleep and his calls for help when he needs some I just felt like not responding was not the way forward for us which is why we just decided not to sleep train and I'm very proud of it I'm always very happy to discuss sleep training with anybody Mm -hmm. want to because I think quite a lot of people get a lot of pressure to sleep train because everybody your neighbors asking if your baby sleeps through the night and like my baby does not sleep through the night but that's okay and like you know just saying that's okay you know and then move on to the next topic of of conversation yeah it's okay that they don't right it's okay not to sleep train so yeah I just feel like I just yeah. I want to be your neighbour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. be your neighbour. Yeah. Uh, and I love what you said there, that nothing works for everybody because we are all different. And I genuinely do believe that nothing is ever going to work for everybody because, well, just, how could it? <laughs> yeah, even as adults, though, you know, it's the thing is like, I feel like people have these massive expectations of babies to kind of fit into adults' lives. And even like, for me, um, like even between my husband and I going to sleep, my husband will get into bed and just fall asleep. I take, you know, 20 minutes tossing and turning and getting comfy and whatever to fall asleep. So mm-hmm. as adults, we're different. How, you know, is that any different to having a, a baby being different you know it's just not fair to expect them to just 
be putting our cot at 7 p.m. and see it in 12 hours, you know? Yeah, so much pressure. This was my second, my uh, my next question for you, which again, mm -hmm. I feel you've touched on it, but did you feel pressure to sleep train? I think we've said, yes, you did at times. Yes. Did you definitely. ever come close to doubting yourself and sleep training? Yes, constantly, especially in the beginning. Um, when we went through that four-month sleep regression with my older son, um, I know you call this the four-month sleep progression where we're learning a lot, but yeah, it felt like a definite regression at the time because I was just like, why are you up? Like, why is this happening? And this is before, you know, I found your account or, you know, any of those other kind of gentle sleep approaches where you don't need to respond like nobody on Instagram or social media is telling you that you don't like you need to do nothing that's not a thing like you like you're not buying a sleep program to tell you that you need to do nothing you know what I yeah. mean and my husband is totally like it's all just a scam you know they're all just you know you know making money like even if you left our son to cry for eight minutes or whatever it's telling you to do he would still not sleep. It doesn't matter. It's all just this massive industry, you know, on that's making you feel pressure mm -hmm. that your baby should sleep. But like you can't pay, you know, for them to sleep through the night. You can't yeah. pay anyone. <laughs> I really love that. You cannot pay. Nobody <laughs> has that much control over sleep. Even sleep consultants, no. no matter how good they are, they do not mm -hmm. have a magic wand. And I'm always going to be honest that even if you do absolutely nothing now, mm -hmm. it comes back to that what we were saying earlier. Even if you do absolutely nothing now, you never sleep train, you never put, yeah. you never make a change, you never put a in place. Your small will sleep through, and I'm yeah. never going to stop sh sharing that because for so yeah. many listeners here today, or looking at a post on Instagram, or reading a blog, that's all they need. That's all they need in that moment was a bit of reassurance. I promise, that, yeah, that they I promise sleep. they will. I mean, like from like the non-sleeper in our house, he is now sleeping, and I promise, like your baby will sleep through the night. I have been through it and we are out the other end and it's okay and it's like so hard in the moment but if it doesn't feel right to you it's probably not right like you know making them cry or whatever if that doesn't feel right it's not right and it's okay to pick them up and it's okay to cuddle them and it's okay to sleep with them and I feel like that's not shared you know widely on Instagram or social media either where it's okay give them a cuddle you know nobody ever I was up with my baby seven times last night but it's fine <laughs> yeah coffee today oh strong coffee and you know and that's okay you know it doesn't last forever and soon they will sleep and it does happen and they're you know happy little people and yeah I think as well with my second son the things that I've changed um, so with my first son, I would, it was also quite different because with my first son, we were in COVID. So he was only five weeks old when we went into that first lockdown. So we had nowhere to go and nowhere to be. And so I was like, right, we're going to, you know, 1 p.m. is nap time or whatever when he was going through that regression. And I didn't know what to do. And I was like, definitely, if we have like a structured, like every day we do the same thing, like he's going to sleep, he's going to sleep spoiler he didn't but it's fine but I was like he'll have this nap and then he'll you know sleep 
tonight and that'll be fine but um I tried a whole bunch of different things with him and it just it didn't work like none of it worked so I just kind of not peeved but I was just like it's fine like I just wait until he sleeps it's okay um but with my second son I um, I don't really get the choice about his sleep so um he just kind of falls asleep when he falls asleep during the day yeah and he has contact naps and pram naps and car naps and he has literally like he's seven and a half months old and he's maybe had a nap in his cot I want to say like three times and that's more awake <laughs> from his car nap yeah um, but he with my um first son he always had all of his naps in the cot so they're just all different and I just feel like yeah they're all sorry you cut out there Kirsty you're dipping in and out sorry sorry um, yeah they're all so different and all I heard there was that he was having naps which is great naps don't yes. be so much pressure to get naps to be in a cot to count or to be in it at a certain time or a certain place again babies just do not get that memo no, they definitely don't. <laughs> they I know, they didn't read the didn't read the manual on the way out. No. He, uh... <laughs> it's crazy. Is there anything that helped you on your waiting it out journey? Um, specifically, I think just um, relying on my instincts really like as soon as I was like, this is going to be okay. Like as I like succumbed to the life. Like that, it was like pivotal point for me where it was like, it's going to be all right, you know, just accepting that we weren't going to sleep train and that it, it was going to be okay. Yeah. There was a moment where I was just like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I was like, there's just, we're just not going to look into, you know, any more programs or anything like that, you know, it's just unfollow all of the people that I was like thinking might you know help with his sleep and I was just like no I'm not going to do that and just yeah. kind of moved on yeah so well first of all really happy to hear that you didn't unfollow me that's oh. really honest. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like the thing though is that there's a difference between sleep training and implementing good sleep habits yeah you know I mean so like with my older son we've got like a solid routine and like the things that you suggest like that two three four nap schedule has I'm pretty sure saved my younger one's sleep from not like he lives on that schedule he loves yeah. it it really really works for him yeah um, and and um, the total like day sleep that you have like your free nap guide and nap schedule on day sleep total amounts of day sleep really yeah. helps um and so there are things that you can do in your you know sleeping world that don't involve sleep training yeah you know, so with my older son and now with my younger son we have a really solid sleep routine at, in the evening so we do bath every single night we do I know it's not realistic for a lot of families but um, my husband does bath every night and then I do bed so we do bath upstairs jammies uh, brush teeth um then we put we read a book put white noise on we have a little you and the sheep that we listen to the little lullaby and then have a cuddle 
<clears throat> lights out, total darkness in his room, and then bed, and then it's a solid sleep routine, and he knows he knows it's coming. He knows sleep is coming, um, for my older son. So yeah, it works works for him. Yeah, I think sleep training is such a huge umbrella, and like most things in in life, not just parenting, but in life, it means different things to different people. Yes. So some people would say that working on naps is a form of sleep training. Yeah. For me, sleep training is where you are deliberately withholding a response or reassurance yes. in order to modify their behaviour. I don't feel putting in your um like your nap gap. And I, again, I'm really honest that my nap and I'll put the nap gap guide that Percy just mentioned in the show notes afterwards if you're looking for help on naps. I'm glad you found it useful. But again, I think the word there is that it is a guide. It comes back to nothing ever works for everybody. It yeah. is just a general guide and it's not about shoehorning your small onto those nap nap gaps I'm always honest again as I always am that there's no evidence base for any weight windows or nap schedules um mm. it don't work for everybody um it, people are always really shocked I have no nap schedule with Betsy she's 13 months we literally roll with each day and that really works for for me and a lot yeah. of people are really surprised oh you didn't put your nap gaps in I tried they didn't work for her yeah and I think like as you know as now I've done it twice if I heard you saying that the first time I would be like no way like she definitely definitely does like she definitely does she just doesn't know it but now that I have my second son and I also do not have a nap schedule for him I now understand it you know what I mean <laughs> like I like because with my first son he just didn't sleep so I was just like why is nothing working like how is this not happening but but now with my second son I don't I don't have a schedule for him. He just doesn't get one because he's my second son. He just has to fit in with everyone else's life. Yeah. So just, he just, yeah, sleeps when he sleeps and he's happy to be held and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, we, I don't have a rhythm at home. Like, she'll nap once or twice at some point during the day, but I definitely don't get hung up on the timing, how long, yeah. anything like that. And I couldn't say, if somebody was looking after her, I wouldn't be able to say, right, she naps at this time during the day. It's just when she gets tired. And mm-hmm. that works for us. I'm not saying that that approach is going to work for everybody because it comes back to what we were saying earlier. We're all really different. But I think what I, um, I was talking about sleep training, I've lost my train of thought there. Getting all caught up in nap yes, gap. Sorry. Nap gap chat sorry. is that sleep. No, you don't need to apologise. I lost my uh, easily done these days my train of thought there <laughs> sleep training putting like your basic sleep hygiene in practice I don't believe that is sleep training and even again, it comes back to what I was saying at the beginning I'm not part I'm never going to be pushing sleep training it's not my bag don't judge people that do it it's not it's an option but it's not your only option also always going to be honest that waiting it out works even if you do nothing now your small will eventually sleep through the night and all of those things but I'm also here that if families want to make changes because waiting it out isn't um, sustainable or it's just not working for your family and crying it out doesn't resonate with you, we chances are there are changes that we can make in the middle of those. So I'm here for everybody and I mm-hmm. always will be an advocate. I know you said avocado then, an advocate <laughs> of approach that works for you. Um, and I think that's that's really important. So things like putting in an, um, 
working towards some gentle nap structure, doing a routine, even things like having a plan for when you put them down to bed or when they wake up at night time. I don't feel they mm -hmm. are sleep training. For example, what I mean by that is that when I put Betsy down to bed, I will always go in with the intention. She's quite, she sounds quite similar to your seven month old. She's quite, into, she likes her space. She likes the chance to mm -hmm. figure it out herself. But I'll always go in with the intention that she can put herself to sleep or when she wakes up, I'll always give her that chance to, for her to go back to sleep. But if yeah. she is crying or like, I know she's asking for support, I'm going to go there straight away. And I don't feel having that plan, that isn't sleep training either. So, hello, I can hear he's up. And as yeah, he's up, he's got a snack. <laughs> he's got a snack, it's all about the snacks. But yeah, sleep training <laughs> just means different things to different people. And again, I think it's it's just about finding what works for you, ultimately. Definitely, I completely agree. And I think one of the things as well is that... Um, because the sleep training industry is completely unregulated, anyone can put a plan yeah. on the internet and tell you, you know, this is going to cost you, you know, £5,000 to buy this, you know, and it will guarantee that your baby will sleep through the night. It's not gonna, you know, like anyone can say that and anyone can make you do that you know so yeah. it's just like a really scary world to be in especially when you're sleep deprived and someone's promising you sleep you don't yeah for it you know no so I agree I totally agree. please tell me you've not seen somebody charge five thousand pounds that's <laughs> obscene there probably Maybe is somebody pounds, but you know it, there is probably someone out there that has uh, has promised that, but yeah. yeah. Any talk? Always, sorry, Kirsty. Yes. I was going to just say, I always say that you know when people when mums are really struggling, um, I always say you know there's kind of like points through their lives where things for me anyway kind of got a little bit easier, and I was maybe about like six weeks when they're about six weeks old, things kind of start getting a little bit easier because you know you've you've kind of regulated everything you know if you are if you choose to or if you can breastfeed then you know that starts getting a little bit easier about six weeks and you know we start sleeping a little bit more like we kind of know their sleepy cue when they're about six weeks and then about six weeks you know and then about six months as well it kind of gets like a little bit easier like you kind of find your flow and like things are getting a little bit easier all that sort of thing and, yeah and then it just kind of slowly just keeps getting easier um, and when you're in the depths of like a very difficult night it's hard to remember that like tomorrow will be better it'll be okay like it's gonna only ever get easier like it's gonna be all right yeah it's gonna be fine yeah. And everyone will sleep. <laughs> yeah, I love that everybody will sleep. Coming back to what you were saying before about um like the um sleep training industry, mm -hmm. I just want to say like if anybody talks about a guarantee, like red two red flags for me are talking about sleeping through the night as this one size fits all they've got to get there, that seven to seven gold star that's the red flag but also talking about guarantees that it's going to work because nobody can give you that it's just bonkers it's crazy isn't it like you just like even for you even for me if someone was like guaranteed you'll be able to go and sleep 
12 hours tonight I would buy that <laughs> no <laughs> like, no okay. it's crazy like, yeah crazy but it sounds like surrender accepted you took you talked a lot about accepting yeah. and hello and surrendering yeah. to it I've the biggest thing I've learned as a mom is surrendering surrender yourself to the slowness to the tiredness to to the sleep and it doesn't again the surrendering does not make it any less tiring it doesn't make you your eyes less sore the next day but there's definitely I found a lot of peace in surrendering totally and for me um, right now so I am on maternity leave and I know that like some mums have to go back to work earlier and all that sort of thing but for me um, my older son is still um, in nursery three days a week. So that's like really, really helpful for me right now um, is knowing that today, for example, um, I have nothing to do. I don't have to be anywhere. I can, you know, change my entire schedule at the drop of a hat for today because, you know, it's all very chill for me. If I want to have a nap later when he's napping, I can do that. If, you know he's had a great night and I want to go for a big long walk today I can also do that so it's all just very fluid for me I'm able to just change my schedule but I know yeah. that some some families can't do that but like I said for me um, and my family it works well because um, when we decided that we were just not going to sleep train I was going to do the nights and my husband does the mornings like I said so that really really helped for me and I kind of passed that um, bit of information on to a lot of families who have decided not to sleep during, like when I like friends and things like that um I my kids like to get up before the sun sometimes um so when they get up at you know 5 30 it's just so early right now because of the sun and yeah know, everything like that but if we get up at half five my husband will get up with them at half five and then I will sleep two hours in the morning from like half five till half seven or whatever that will be you know before he goes to work <laughs> at nine o'clock um I will get two hours of sleep in the morning and that is fine for me I even if we've had a really rubbish night if I get you know two hours of sleep in the morning I'm usually fine for the rest of the day and that works for me so yeah. I'm really lucky that I don't have to do nights and mornings because if I had to do that I would really struggle but um I'm feeling all right and you know it's really works works for us yeah I think that's the key I think it is finding what works for you and I think <laughs> that's where a lot I, I hear from a lot of families um, in practice when the parent parental leave is coming to an end and going back to work because that does change the game a little bit. Yes, yes. Especially if you're going back to a job where you need, like I'm quite flexible here. Um, mm-hmm. My schedule's my, to, to, to a degree, my schedule's my own during the day. If I want to go home for a nap, I can if I want to slow down. And I feel that's a really privileged position to be in. If I've had a really shocking night however some um jobs it's not like that and you have to yeah. be on the ball um if you're driving for example I'm just thinking of trying to think of examples of a job where yeah you on the ball I think that's where a lot of parents really question is waiting it out they have a wobble around when they go back to I call it the wait it the wait it out work wobble yeah where, it, it it can be really tricky to navigate that transition of they 
families want to um, wait it out, but they're going back to work and that practical sense of needing seat to be a bit more sustainable kind yeah. of comes in. Um, but again, many families do navigate that and, it, and, yeah. and make it work for them. Well, we definitely do that too. So my husband has a very, so he's a, um, he's a marine pilot. So he takes boats in and out of harbours and things like that. So he's got a really high pressure job and he does day shifts and night shifts. Um, but he's got a really good work schedule oh. um, for us. But whenever he is on call or whenever he has early mornings or long days, um, he just goes and sleeps in the office and just you know gets his sleep because he needs to go to work and he needs full concentration he can't be up yeah. 10 times in the night he just can't he's got like a very high high um pressure job yeah and so I just say like that's fine like I will figure this out and sometimes that means you know if my three-year-old wakes in the night I just bring him into bed with me and then he will have a cuddle and go back to sleep and that's totally fine and it's just going with the flow you know like every night is different he might not wake tonight I don't know but if he does wake I've got a plan and he's just going to have a little cuddle and we're going to be fine yeah so all be I love that way. plan have a cuddle it will be okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's a good plan for me as well you know <laughs> yeah same same last night we were talking about this earlier it was a bit of a shocker um can't even remember how many times Betsy was up last night but bedtime was Oh, she's one of those bedtimes. She'd had very little nap during the day. We'd been out. She'd met some new, exciting people. Yeah. We, like bedtime, she'd had she'd been awake for about seven hours. Oh she screamed through, but it got to the point where she, I'd let her just get up and potter until she was tired enough to go to sleep. Because I do believe when they're ready to go, they'll go. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't even working. She needed help to get to sleep. <laughs> so we literally laid on the um like snuggled on the bedroom floor together and she cried and I held her while she went through all those big emotions she eventually fell asleep bless her sobbing a little heart she was on me yeah different um and then yeah she was up I think I'd just gone to bed I just peeled myself off the sofa you know when it's a bad bedtime when or I'm set I hate the word bad but an unsettled bedtime when you're still sitting in the dark at like 11 o'clock <laughs> you've not had dinner or anything yeah just sat there going oh my goodness what just happened anyway went to bed and I think she was up two or three times and we just sat on the sofa had a cuddle and I that's exactly what I tell myself each like when we have nights like that that we will be okay we will get it will yeah. be fine tomorrow is and a new it, day and like quite honestly so, you know, it's not that big amount of time, but, you know, my older son is three now and I don't remember him being 13 months old. I don't remember what his sleep was like at 13 months old. I don't remember how many times he was up. I don't remember it. It really does go very quickly. It doesn't feel like it right now, but I promise, you know, this time next year or this time in two months, you're not going to remember the bad nights. It's, it's just not something that you remember. I just... I feel like I remember his sleep not being great, but I just don't remember it. It's... Yeah. Each phase is so fleeting, isn't it? It goes so quickly. It really does. Everything just flies by, and then all of a sudden they're walking and talking and going to university. Yeah. No, yeah. make me cry. <laughs> oh, I'm not ready for it. 
not ready for it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It goes so quick. So, last question, million dollar question is: Will you be waiting it out with your second baby? Or will you do anything different? No, no, I don't think we'll do anything different. The only thing that I am doing differently with him is giving him his own space to fall asleep, and that is just because of his temperament. And you know, his entire personality is completely different. So. He is, it's wild to me that he, I put him down in his bed awake and he closes his eyes and falls asleep. Like that is a bizarre scenario <laughs> for me, but he does it on his own. And it's just literally, he's a different baby to my first baby. And we just, yeah, waiting it out is a, it's the way forward for us. I respond to him when he cries. I give him his space. When he wakes, I'll give him his space to fall asleep. Um on his own and then if he asks for a little bit of help that's totally fine and having a comfy chair right beside their cot is a top tip so that you're you know not just standing in a cold room holding a baby you get yourself a little rocking chair or one of those you know comfy little Ikea chairs we have now and you just succumb to the life and enjoy your cuddles because they don't last forever yeah you know and now my older son doesn't nap at all, so. Uh, not looking forward to those days. Nap, when that last nap, napping is one of life's little pleasures. When that last one goes, you're just like, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> but then they start, you know, going to nursery and going to school and everything like that as well. So yeah, everything yeah. changes. Everything I changes again. I think parenting is just constant phases. You mentioned earlier before where you know, when sleep got better for you or you felt that sleep had improved at certain parts. But I've just found there is always something with parenting. Like you yeah. just never get to the end of the day or the week. Yeah. Got it nailed because they just constantly throw something in the air to keep us on our yeah. toes. So you might find sleep yeah. settings for a bit, but then behaviour or they go through a leaf yeah. or they're teething yeah. or... Oh, teething. Oh, yeah. It goes up with always teething. Eat it, always teething. We're going through that at the minute. I think that's why she's up last night. The eating. And then you, that kind of settles down. And then something else will pop up. And then that settles down. And when we go back to a bit more of a shizzy night with sleep, it's just constant roundabout, I think. Oh, are you there? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. But yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I was really panicking then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I don't know what happened there. But yeah, I completely agree. Like, you just have like these all of a sudden you're having a great night, a few great nights. And then I swear even like the full moon comes out and then nobody sleeps again for a couple of nights. So yeah, yeah, everything changes. Everything yeah. changes constantly with them. It's just their sleep is totally not linear. And you can't ever guarantee that they're going to sleep tonight or, you know, even if they are sleeping. But also, you know, they start going to nursery and then getting fever and coughs and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, it's just a fun ride. Yeah, a fun ride, wild. And I think that is a really nice point to end on, actually, that infant sleep isn't linear. And of course, as parents, we want to know that when we put them down to bed, that that we're going to know what's going to happen, you know, and it's consistent because that helps us to feel safe. We like to know what's coming, but you can never, ever know what is going to come down and what's going to happen each night. It's impossible, which is why I literally 
take each day and each night as it comes literally just one step at a time yes definitely I completely agree and it does you know it does end and it, you know you do feel all right and then yeah it all is a complete blur and you don't remember any of it so yeah it's gonna be all right <laughs> gonna be all right that is my mantra it's gonna be all right that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and coffee exactly <laughs> all right oh Kirsty, it was so lovely to talk to you thank you so, nice. so so much for coming and sharing your stories with us oh. i know that it's going to if anything just give so many listeners reassurance that if they have chosen the path of waiting oh, it so. out just to keep i know so to yeah <laughs> that encouragement to keep them going there were some really great tips in there anything you want to share parting tips before we say goodbye I don't know I just you know if if it you know if it doesn't yeah Malachi wants to say goodbye um but if it you know doesn't feel right letting them cry you know it doesn't you don't have to do that it's okay it's like not your only choice there are you know other options out there in nap optimization for this little guy has helped a lot but if that doesn't work it didn't work for my older son and you know he still is now sleeping through so it's totally fine and it's okay to respond to your babies and it's okay to just give them cuddles whenever they need them yeah always here for the cuddles and it does make me a little bit sad that sometimes we have to remind parents that even yeah. if they're, we have to remind parents that it's okay to go to them if they're crying and to cuddle them when they're crying. But totally. we need to hear it because it's ingrained in us. Even I feel that sometimes when I'm going, oh, should I be doing that? Oh, she's crying. Yeah. And I know that I would never ever not respond, but I still have those doubts. So parents do need to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kirsty, for coming on the Sleep Show, and hopefully, you enjoyed yourself your first ever. Yes. Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It was lovely to chat. I hope I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm a bit of a rambler, but I think it's nice to. That's the whole point of a podcast. If you can't ramble a bit on a podcast, when can you? Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring informative but most importantly it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way if you did please don't forget to subscribe to the show below leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal i love hearing that you love listening my next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time but if you really can't wait that long please come and find me over on instagram at care out sleep consultant i update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily big love and sleep solidarity until next time